All right, good morning. Good morning. If you've been following along this summer, we've had a series we've been going through. Uh, I've been blessed to be asked to uh, preach on one of these Sunday mornings. Um, If you're wondering who I am, uh, my name is Chad Grounds. I have an old history here. Uh, Some 20-plus years ago, I was actually on staff as the youth pastor. Went away for a while, now I'm back in some aspects. I'm working with the youth department for, I guess, over a year and a half now since we've been back here. I've also been blessed enough to be uh, the girls' uh, basketball coach here at Temple, and I am having a blast. I love being back, uh, and I love being a part of this family. Uh, And so the way I've kind of seen this, if any of you are baseball fans, uh, it's looked like you're you're starting uh, pitching rotation and maybe your bullpen this summer. Uh, for instance, you have, you know, Doug and you have Lance. They're your starting pitchers. They're the, they're the aces of the staff making the big money coming in and, and doing their thing, right? <laughs> of course. Uh, I think we've had, uh, uh, Trevor. He just signed his new contract. So maybe they're going to put him in the starting rotation a little bit. He's come out of the bullpen now. He, he's going to be the, the full-time starting pitcher. We had Hunter. Where'd Hunter go? Is he back there? So Hunter, uh, pulled him up from AAA. <laughs> Let, let him have a, a game, a good start. He did a great job. Of course, you have Neil coming out the bullpen. Neil's the, the old wily veteran that you could always count on. That's, that's, you gotta have that guy in the bullpen, keeps everybody else calm. Um, and then there's me. Here's the way I'm gonna explain this real quick. If you're familiar with baseball at all, from time to time you see something amazing happen. Hang on. There'll be a complete blowout baseball game. And the manager will look over and be like, I don't want to waste any bullpen arms. I'm going to find a position player to go pitch. You know when you see a position player pitching because he's just up there looking like this, lobbing in some batting practice balls, just trying to get the three outs. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think back in May, I saw a game. If you know the name Albert Pujols, well, Albert Pujols will be a Hall of Famer. Albert Pujols plays first base, does some designated hitting. Albert Pujols, at 42 years old in May, made his pitching de- his debut. Uh, similar situation. They were up by, I don't know, 15-plus runs. Pujols goes in there, gives up four runs, a couple home runs, but dead gummit, guess what? He got to pitch. And so that's what you're getting today. You're getting the position player to get to come up on the mound and throw a few pitches, and let's just see what happens this morning. Uh, Hopefully, you get something out of it. My suggestion is, this is this is just my suggestion, if you want to get something out of today, find one or two good statements that I make, write it down and be like, he did good, this is what he said. That's about the only thing I could, I could help you with this morning. Um, I do know that speaking of that, there's many, there's been games that I've watched, many events in our lives that we've seen things. Uh, some of you could probably be like, yes, on this certain date, I remember this, I remember where I was when I saw this on the news or when this happened in my life. Uh, you've experienced that, I'm sure. I could tell you exactly where I was 23 years ago on this very day. 23 years ago on this very day, I stood about where I am now. And I have a photo to kind of prove what happened on that day that's a big deal for me. That's right. Happy anniversary, Miss Grounds. 23 years ago, I stood on this very stage. Somewhere in this area, it looked a little different, and exchanged vows with Stephanie Stone at the time. Uh, now she's known as Miss Grounds, or I should better, I should say better, I'm known as Miss Grounds' husband, or <laughs> Stephanie's husband, or 
Abby, Noah, Reese's dad. That's fine. I accept all those. Um, but I do remember not too long after I had uh, been married here on this stage, I was fortunate to get to speak in a chapel service this is some 20 years ago. And uh, I spoke a, a, a lesson, if you will, on storms. And you could take the picture down now. I want y'all looking at my wife too much. That's why we've been married for 23 years, okay? But I, I was fortunate enough to get to, to speak at a chapel service. Um, then some 20 years later, this past March, during spring break, well, it was the week back for Temple. I was on spring break, and I volunteered my services. Uh, but I got to speak in chapel again. Now, over those 20 years, I, I spoke the same message, if you will, but I had 20 years to tweak it and find good stuff. If you hear anything today uh, that you think, man, oh, that sounds familiar, or if I plagiarized someone, I'm sorry, it's been over 20 years. I don't know where I got it all from. Uh, I didn't come up with it all. Uh, probably none of it, actually. But here's the thing. Um, I was able to preach, and when I was done uh, teaching that chapel service, Doug came to me and said, hey, man, listen, uh, that goes right along with what we're going to be doing this summer. Would you be willing to teach that again? And I was like, sure. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. And he said that at the time, I didn't know he meant like in a Sunday service, Sunday morning worship, where there's congregation, but even worse, there's a camera. And I have no idea who is tuning in right now. And that makes me a little more nervous than just speaking to you all. Uh, not necessarily because people are watching, because whatever I say, it stuck with you for a long time. Am I right? Is that how that works? Okay. And then he informed me that there is a mute button. That they can mute me really quick, and I, I informed him that, I don't know, I could get some stuff off pretty quick. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, this, this series, this pre-decide series, has reminded me a lot of a lesson that I've been fortunate enough to teach in my years. Now, yes, just so you know, I do teach in the Grand Prairie Independent School District. I am currently a PE teacher. So um, you've heard the old saying, those who can't do teach, and those who can't teach, teach PE. That's me, Okay. Have the shirt made and everything. Uh, but I also am fortunate enough to get to teach a leadership class. And in that leadership class, there's one particular lesson that we go over. And it's, it comes from an old military term that's called P to the fifth. If you've heard of it, you know what I'm about to say. If you haven't, I'm about to hopefully educate you. But P to the fifth stands for prior planning prevents poor performance. Think about that. Prior planning prevents poor performance. And we're talking about pre-deciding to trust in God. So if we're pre-deciding to trust in God, then hopefully when we're in whatever event that's going on in our life, we will be successful. And by successful, I mean that we won't uh, lose ourselves, if you will, right? We will be able to follow after God and trust in him. That's the whole concept to me when I'm seeing this pre-decide series uh, that goes along with the, the P to the fifth uh, lesson I used to teach. So today we're going to talk about how we could pre-decide to trust God when we have storms in our lives. Now, what part of Texas has the most severe weather? Thank you for asking. I looked it up. Now, I found a series, uh, I say series, I found a, a, a study, if you will, and it went from 2010 to 2020, so sorry it's not super current, but during this uh, um, rabbit hole I was chasing, I found that Tarrant County whew, had the most severe, uh, I guess you could call it weather events, is what they called it. We had 576 over that 10-year period. And I started doing the math, and I was like, whoa, bro, that's like a lot. But then I kept reading, and it said that you could have four or five events within a day. And I started thinking, yeah, within like 10 minutes around here, right? Because you could have heavy winds, flooding, hail damage, you know, so forth and so on. And those are three different events all rolled up in one. I was like, yeah, that's how we roll in Tarrant County, baby. That's what we do. 
So you could collect your ribbon on the way out um, for being winter at something. But to be honest, um, talking about the weather, I've enjoyed, I'm sure you all have seen some beautiful weather storms. Uh, I know I've seen the power go out before, and I, I uh, spent some time in the Walmart parking lot up here on East Chase, near the back of it, because the power was out. So we were in the back, and, we, and I was literally looking up and watching this amazing electrical storm happen in the sky. None of the, the bolts were coming vertical, up and down. They were just spreading, and it was amazing. It looked like there was a war up in heaven somewhere, but it was beautiful. Uh, you, I was in awe for a little while, and then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm in the end of the bar, uh, parking lot here, yeah, East Chase, Walmart. I need to go home. A little more safe. But uh, also, I've been fortunate enough. I know when I was a youth traveling uh, to Colorado to get to, to go to do some skiing, and I was blessed enough to see, and even the news was saying, I, I preface it that way because I know I'm a Texas boy, and snow might look really weird and different, but even the news was like, this is a snowstorm, okay? So it wasn't like, oh, you saw some flakes. I get it. No, it was a st- snowstorm. Matter of fact, it looked like, you know, you shake up the little, the little ball there, and the snow is going crazy. You're like, oh, that's cool. That's what it felt like. Uh, we look out the window, and it, the snow was just, cir- it felt like it just circled you. And the flakes looked like they were as big as your hand. I was like, man, that is, it's beautiful. It, it was just amazing and beautiful. Um, I am from the Houston area. Don't throw anything. But I am from the Houston area. Uh, where I'm from, we watch out for storms that have names. Yes? Familiar with that? Florida, right? Uh, we name our storms. Um, and then you look out and see if they do anything. If they do some damage, then they retire that name. So that they don't use that name again. They come up with some other fortunate name that eventually can try to do some damage and, and then have its name retired, if you will. Uh, but we watch out for the hurricanes. And uh, i got to be honest, it, to me, hurricanes aren't as scary because you know they're coming. So you have plenty, plenty of time. And then there's always the cool people. It's like, I ain't worried about it. And then you kind of like, I, I, if you get caught in a storm, I don't know if I should feel bad for you or not. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of tough for me because you were warned way in advance um, because there's X amount of tropical storms. That are, anyway, that, you, you have a lot of information, especially nowadays. We have tons uh, of information on these uh, storms, if you will, these weather patterns. And to me, that's what also can make it enjoyable. I, I enjoy that I can pull my phone out and put it on the radar and be like, no, nah, we ain't going to get rain. Showing you right here. There's no rain. It's going to go right around us. Or it's like, hey, guess what? We're about to get some rain. Turn my water sprinklers off. I'm going to get rain. Uh, it's, it's amazing because now we can prepare for what's going what, what's to happen. And here's a perfect example. This happened, I guess it was late January, February. I was driving home from work, already knowing that the next day we weren't going to school. We had canceled school. There was not one bit of evidence of weather in the area. But they said, it will ice overnight and it will be bad. So people were already canceling school before, which is neat, because remember, some of us get to talk about the good old days. You had to wake up early, watch the TV, and then decide, oh, I could go back to bed or not. Then you're too excited to go back to bed, right? Well, even as a teacher, you do the same thing. It's a little bit different as a teacher. You get to watch it, and you're just like, oh, yes. I mean, darn, no education today, right? Um, But you get the point. I mean, the thing is, is we knew ahead of time. We could prepare for it. And I think that's why I have such a problem with this specific type of storm. And it's called tornadoes. I'm not a fan. I'll get up here in a minute to you. I get the little sweaty palm going. I'm not happy when the tornadoes show up. They can look beautiful outside. Sky start turning green. I thought it was just going to be a shower or a thunderstorm. Oh, no, no. Watch out. There's echoes and lines. I don't know all the terms. Here's what I do know. The weatherman's trying to educate me on how this storm works, and I don't care. 
I just want to know where it is. You ever notice that? I'll have it on my TV for, for 30 minutes, and 15 of those minutes as he's explaining to me, well, what happens is, I'm like, I don't care what happens, where is it? Has it touched the ground? Is it near my house? That's all I need to know. I don't need a lesson today. I just need to know, do I need to take cover? And so because of that, uh, you know, you hear the, the sirens going off. Anybody familiar with first Wednesday of the month? You hear the siren go off for a split second. If you're like me, I hear that siren go off. And for just a second, I'm like, ooh, oh, yeah, it's first Wednesday. No big deal. It's still eerie sounding, correct? I don't care who you are. If you don't think it's eerie sounding, you might want to get your hearing checked, I guess. I don't know. But here's the thing. When it's not first Wednesday of the month and the siren goes off, I guarantee you kind of get a little antsy. I do. I go into almost panic mode. I'm like, hold up. I hear the sirens. Let me get to a TV. Let me pull up my phone. Is it saying, hey, heads up, take cover? You know, here it comes. Uh, and so to me, that is something, again, the sirens, it, it lets you know to take cover. Now, if you've ever, uh, I'm sure if you've lived up in this area long enough, you've had to take cover or, or at least uh, you, you got ready to take cover. And then there may be some, I know people that are like this, I work with a guy like this, and he's just like, I ain't worried about it, if I gotta go, I gotta go. I'm like, that's great, but uh, I'm not gonna go with you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's that whole concept of when people are afraid to fly, and they're like, well, if it's your time, it's your time, yes, but if it's the pilot's time, I don't want to be on this plane, right? <laughs> and uh, I, that's kind of the mindset of this particular friend that I have that I work with, and I'm just like, hey man, I take cover. And I'm also going to let you know this. Um, because of that, it's, it's, it's helped me to know everywhere I go, would I know where to, have I predetermined, right? If I predecided my course of action, if there is a storm coming, like, do I know where, in my house, I know where to go at my school. Do I know where to take my class? I mean, those are things that I feel like you need to know. Um, I've actually been in school before when a storm was coming and literally was seemingly just neighborhoods away because we have the radio, the TVs on. Uh, telling us, and we have parents trying to pick up their kids and go. Like, no, I want to take them home. And I'm like, I, I get it. You want to be with your child? Because it's, it's a nervous feeling to be away from them if there's a storm. But at the same time, let me just tell you from a teacher's perspective, I'm telling you right now, that is so much weight on your shoulders to know you're in charge of everybody's babies during something. It, it, it's scary. It, it, and as, a, as me, as an adult, as a teacher, and as a parent myself, I believe I'm even overprotective than I would be if it was just me and my kids. Does that make sense? I mean, it's, it's hard to explain, but I'm sitting here watching parents pick up their kids and drive off when there's supposedly a storm like in our neighborhood, if you will. And I'm like, what? That's not any safer. I, I get you want to be with them, but do you want to just, you, you want to just be, be way, way far away with them? Cause I've seen those things throw cars on TV, not in my, not me personally, but again, you, do you know where to go? I, for instance, like I, I do know that if you're in the Arlington area, you are supposed to head to Cowboy Stadium as fast as possible to take cover because there's no touchdowns there. And so, <laughs> ow. sorry, babe. I meant because the defense is so good. The defense is good. That's never mind. Digging, still digging. My wife's diehard cowboy fan. I'm the anti-cowboy fan. I'm from Houston. I know. I'm dumb. Don't shoot me right now. Just make fun of me because we have no Super Bowl victories. I get it. It happens all the time. I'm okay with it. But anyway, uh, yes, hopefully you know. Uh, I have a picture here of a particular time we took cover. Uh, it's with my children in a bathtub. Right? That's pretty awesome. Uh, they, are, they are in the, uh, 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 I guess you could say, the mode of preparing for a storm, just in case. My wife actually snapped this uh, a few minutes before. We were listening and watching the news, and she snapped the picture. Uh, and we're hearing about, again, like I said, the squall lines and, and so forth and so on. 
And so she took the picture and sent it to her family and said, please pray, you know, that, that we're okay. So maybe this is a familiar scene to you. I don't know. Uh, you could take the picture down now. But the, here's the thing. When you get all this high alert and they start talking about, hey, this tornado, this weather system is right here in this city. If you live along, they get the little arrow. Have y'all seen that? They get the arrow now. If you live in this area, watch out. And then they zoom in. If you live on this street, if you're near that Dollar General, heads up. You know, or whatever. If you live on such and such street, and you're like, dude, that's my backyard. You know, it, it, and you maybe you, you think it, it's spinning above us. It, it's a tornado. It's not touching the ground officially, but it, it's, it's there. That gets a little panicky, a little bit not cool. And I believe that unpredictability is what gets me when we hit the storms in our life. Because they're unpredictable. I don't have a weather app. I don't have a weatherman. I don't have an alarm or siren going off saying, hey, Chad, guess what? Storming your life's coming. Because it doesn't really work that way. Now, there's times when we could kind of prepare for something maybe happening in our lives, and, and maybe it's something short, a day or two later, everything's good. But then there's the ones that come and just seem to kick down the door of life and wreck you completely. And I know anyone who's lived any life in here at all knows exactly what I'm talking about. We've buried loved ones. I've seen relationships completely torn apart. I've been there when we got the phone call. The phone call that my wife took, went to the bedroom, came back out. I was visiting with my dad and my uncle, and she said, well, the doctor said it's cancer. It's not a fun phone call to get. But I will say this, praise God, she just celebrated five years. Cancer free. Yeah, that's amazing. But again, there's no sirens, no forecast, no nothing warning you what's about to happen. I do believe, I've heard it said many times, that in your life you're in one of three places. You're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to head into a storm. And I used to think, I mean, I don't have that many major storms in my life, but you know what? A storm can really be anything. For instance, how many of you are familiar with a financial storm? Maybe currently? Tough to make ends meet a little bit? Just trying to drive here to church costs you a lot of money, right? Yeah. Um, financial storm, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe you have some sort of health storm or there's some sort of moral storm you have going on in your life. Uh, maybe there's some sort of emo- emotional storm, if you will. What we're going to do today is we're going to look at two storms. Both these storms are in the book of Matthew, and I'm going to read through the first one just to kind of give us an idea of what's going on. The second one seems very uh, similar, and then I'm going to hopefully compare them at the end, and, and hopefully we can walk out of here knowing That we can trust God during storms in our lives. So if you will, Matthew uh, chapter 8, verses 23 through 27, I'm about to read them. I do know that if you're visiting here, Pastor Doug would say, please use the Bible that's under your your chair there. And if you don't have a Bible, take it with you. It's your gift from me today. (laughs) Now, it's your gift from the church. And we would love for you to be able to take it and read it, study it, let it change your life. But today we're going to look at Matthew uh, verse 23, I'm going to start there. What I'm going to do is just read through this passage. Uh, I have, I think, the KJV up here. I don't know what's up here, but I'm going to read from the KJV myself. It says, And when he had entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Verse 25, And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Verse 27. 
But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, I will say this. I have no idea how many different storms happen biblically, if you will. I just know we have the record of these two for sure. I also know um, that they knew they were in big trouble. Uh, these were fishermen, experienced sailors, uh, and they're in a big storm in so much that they went and woke up Jesus, correct? Now, I don't know about you. Take yourself back to your childhood days. When you had to go wake up mom and dad, something was bad. Do you admit? Yes. Because we could take care of things and mom and dad wouldn't find out. Hopefully, we had to wake them up the next day, a couple of days later, weeks later, who knows, before they even found out something. But you knew if it got out of hand and you had to go wake up mom and dad, there was something not okay and you were going to be in a lot of trouble. Agreed? That's kind of what I feel here. It's like they were like, got no other answers. Go get Jesus, right? Let's go wake him up. So I feel like that's how bad this storm was in their life. Um, and so we're going to come back to this here in a moment, this passage. Right now we're going to jump right into Matthew uh, 14. A few chapters later, another storm's about to hit. This is coming. Uh, we're going to start pick up in verse 22. This is coming right after uh, the multitude was being fed. And we're going to uh, hopefully a little bit of verse, not really verse by verse, but kind of close to it, point out a few things. And then, like I said, I'm going to compare these hopefully stories here in a moment. Uh, in verse, uh, let's see, 22, right off the bat, it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now, listen, there's about to be a storm hit. So, first of all, just looking at the fact that, that they were supposed to go before him unto the other side, that to me means that he's going to meet them on the other side. Do you agree? So even though they're in the middle of the storm, they should have known they were going to be fine because he just said, I'm going to going to meet you on the other side. Something interesting to point out. But another thing I really love about this, and I really hope everyone in here can really understand, and that is this. They got on the boat, and they were headed exactly where Jesus had sent them. That means that you could still be right with God and experience storms in your life. One thing that's always perturbed me, if you will, it's when you've got something going on in your life and you feel maybe God is judging you. Or you feel, you know, something isn't right in your life. Or maybe someone's looking down on you thinking, oh, if you would just live your life right, you wouldn't be going through this. And that's completely wrong. That's not how it works. And we're going to find out here in this passage of Scripture that that is not true at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. If you speak to anyone here who's lived a Christian life long enough, they'll tell you it's not a smooth ride. But there again, it never was supposed to be. I don't remember crawling into the the boat, if you will, of the Christian life with signs saying, smooth sailing ahead, congratulations, you've made it. I'm never, I don't remember that. In fact, there's many, many times that we are told, in fact, Christ even said, oh, guess what, the world's going to hate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hated me, they're going to hate you too. And if you haven't been paying attention, even in the last decade, it's not getting any better. Not for the Christians. Uh, everything about the Bible, everything about God is being shot at left and right. Uh, but take take courage. You know, we we win. Anybody online, we win. I'm sorry. I don't care. But here's the thing to look at. Storms that are hitting your life, they're not about you. They're not about you. And what you're going through, the way you feel, you feel bad for yourself or can't understand why me, why me. It's not about you. It's about God and it's about his glory. And we're going to point that out in just a minute. So hopefully you could take a little bit of comfort knowing and, and, and be able to pre-decide to trust God during a storm in your life, knowing this, guess what? It's not about me, is it? It's about him. Picking up in verse 23, 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening has come, he was there alone. A little bit of flashback there, some Old Testament Moses, right? Going up to the mountain to pray. Verse 24 says, but when, uh, excuse me, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. You know why we got to predecide to trust? Because they were going through the storm. They couldn't see him up in the mountains, but could he see them? Indeed, he could. As a matter of fact, here's how we know he could see them. Because in the next verse it says, And the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And then verse 26, And when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. We need to predecide to trust God during a storm. Why? Because he comes just in time. He comes just in time. It was literally the darkest hour. And they were at their weakest point they could be. And guess who comes walking on the water? I love this picture for me in my brain. Here they were scared of drowning because these waves were constantly crashing onto their boat. And Jesus comes walking on the water. As though to say, troubled by this horrible storm, it's beneath my feet. I have no problem with it. So why should you? You see, I believe, and I think we're going to find it here in a minute, that these storms are designed for us. I know, right? Take a step back. It's like, well, you mean the stuff I'm going through right now? You've got to be crazy. You're out of your mind. This ain't for me, is it? Have you made the storm about you, or have you made it about him? Because hopefully we'll still find out it is about him as we move on. Verse 27. But straightway Jesus, he spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. You know why we need to predecide to trust God? Look at the, what he just said right there. He is revealing himself as to who he really is. It's as though he said, literally, take heart, I am. Don't fear. And we're going to find out, literally, that this self-revelation, it's like a disclosure, literally, of Jesus' source of power. Do you have a problem today? Jesus has got this, man. How do I know? Let's continue on. We look at verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come with, uh, unto thee on the water. Verse 29, and he cried, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, Wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, I want to point something out. Obviously, another reason to predecide to trust is because, uh, again, God's there on time. It was immediate. Now, I, I want us to understand that doesn't mean that if I cry out to God immediately, he just pulls me out of some storm in my life. No, but what that meant was right then and there, Peter, that was it. He had learned his lesson, if you will. Lesson's been taught. Peter, you just learned the lesson. I immediately got you now. It's okay. There's times where we're going to have to struggle through a lesson, if you will, struggle through a storm. And we may feel like, why aren't you here? You should have come immediately. But maybe you just haven't been pushed far enough. Maybe you haven't learned enough. How, how many maybe in your life have had some sort of teacher, some sort of coach that refused to let you settle? Constantly pushing you, constantly wanting what's best out of you from your life. Maybe because some of you say, yeah, as a parent, as a grandparent. I don't know. Somebody in your life somewhere, though, I guarantee you, has probably tried to push you to be a better version of yourself. And maybe you didn't always like it. But in the end, you came back and you're like, you appreciate them and you love them so much because they wouldn't let you settle. That's kind of what God's doing here. And that's what I think Christ did here for Peter. It's almost like, 
You haven't learned yet. You're thinking, all right, now I got you. Did you learn the lesson? Yeah, the lesson is, don't take your eyes off me. The lesson is, I've got this. As a matter of fact, we see in the very next verse, uh, verse uh, 32. And then when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. We need to predecide to trust God. You know why? Because of who he is. Because of who he is. We have two stories here. Both these stories taking place in the same book. Both stories are very familiar. There's a storm. Both of these times, they're in a boat out on the sea. There's a cry for the Lord's salvation, followed by Jesus questioning their faith, O ye of little faith. But there is a difference. You see, the end of our first story, there's a question, and they're left wondering who Jesus is. They say, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? But the second time there the calming of the sea happens, now it's met with a declaration. Truly, this is the Son of God. In fact, they came and did what? Worshipped him. Makes me wonder if this is a Chad Grounds lesson. In other words, did there need to be a second storm? Could they have learned the lesson the first time? Instead of asking, who is this man that even the weather listens to him? Could the first time they had fallen to their knees and been like, oh God, you, you are amazing. I get the lesson now. I don't know. I'm not quite exactly sure, but I do know this. That his actions, think of this. His actions were from the Old Testament. Meaning that they, as they see this happening, probably in their heads somewhere are being like, oh wait, hang on. This is biblical. In, uh, I have it here in Job 9, 8. It says, God alone stretched out the heavens and trampled the waves of the sea. Think that went through their head a little bit? Maybe even in, in, in Psalms 89, 9, when the psalmist exalts the Lord saying, You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. Don't you think that was going through their heads? Here they are watching the Old Testament come to life. I don't know about you, but I've had that happen in my life. I've seen things happen that I knew was God. And he was teaching me something. I know in these, this Matthew gospel, if you will, these stories are meant to literally reveal who Jesus is. But listen to this. This revelation, if you will, was only possible during the midst of chaos. How many times has he showed himself true to you during the midst of chaos of your life? You see, they were forced to, his disciples, his disciples were basically forced to basically embark on this uncertain journey that they would have missed the opportunity to see God revealed in their midst. And I'm so thankful today that God has allowed me to go through chaos in my life. Does that mean I necessarily want to go through it again? Not necessarily. But am I glad I did? Yes. Here's why. I was able to grow close to him. He was able to teach me how to lean on him. When, when it felt like there was no answer, when it felt like there was, there, there was no end to this dilemma, this storm in my life, he continued to show himself faithful and he continued to draw me near to him. I'm stronger and better for going through the storm. I don't know what you may be going through today. Maybe you got a storm in your life. But let me ask you this. 
Is God talking to you right now? Is he saying, why do you have little faith? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how he's speaking to you. But we need to predecide to trust God no matter how big things seem. Because, listen, it's not about you. It was about him. And it always will be about him and about his glory. God does some of his best work during the storms. Um, maybe right now you're saying, hey, you know what, Chad? I'm good. We don't have a storm right now. Uh, things are going great. That's awesome. I, I, I love. There's some beautiful times, too, in the calm. But let me ask you. Will you predecide to weather that storm with someone who is going through one? If we're to be Christ-like, we see in the first storm, he was in the boat sleeping. And when they asked, he helped. In the second storm, Christ came to them. Seeing that there was a problem, seeing they had a storm, he comes to them. Correct? And basically lended a hand, offered a hand. But both times he was in that boat who needs you to climb up in the boat today. Earlier I showed you a picture. I'm going to put it back up again of of the kids uh, preparing for the storm. As I close, I want to point out, um, first of all, we were in the safest room of the house, according to the professionals. We put as many walls between us and the storm as possible. The most centrally located uh, place at that particular house. Uh, A bathtub, supposedly... Uh, the safest thing at the time, as you can see, they had pillows and blankets. Uh, if you notice, you can kind of see Noah's little foot. He's got a, they got the shoes on. Uh, I remember being told uh, uh, one particular time, or maybe I heard it or read it. I don't know. But they said if there was a disaster, you probably want shoes on your feet. Because one of the first things you're going to look for is a pair of shoes um, with all the debris that could be around. And, of course, they got their little bicycle helmets on. Um, again, offering as much help as we could. And if you, what you don't see is off to the side over here, there's a, a mattress. We had a, a spare mattress that I had put there. Um, Steph and I had scrambled around and done everything we could to prepare. We gathered flashlights. Um, and the, the, the plan was she was going to lay right next to this is the uh, toilet right there. She's going to wedge in between that. I was going to put the mattress over them and lay on top of them if the storm hit. Now, when you start having kids, these situations look a lot different. Because normally it would have been like, uh uh-uh. we just climb in the closet, shut the door, and see what happens. But not anymore, right? Because i got other people to look after, other people to, to, to watch over. But I want you to notice them. What are they doing? You can see there they're engaged in whatever movie we have on the computer. They don't look too worried. They don't look very stressed out at all. In fact, it looks like kind of like a little fun slumber party for them. And I will tell you, they were having fun. They were having fun. I was doing the best I could not to stress them out because daddy's like watching the TV back back and forth. Oh, oh, it's getting close. I don't know what to do. Uh, wife's over there like, I know, quit stressing them out or stressing me out. They were having a good time. They're just like, hey, cool, summer party. Why are we watching TV in the bathtub? I don't know. It's kind of cool though, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. They completely trusted that mom and dad had this under control. And, you know, we need to have that same childlike faith that God has everything under control. All we're asked to do is be as prepared as we can. Stay in his word, stay close to him, and let him handle the rest. You see, we need to predecide to trust God because Jesus is the Lord of your storms. Maybe today, storm in your life, you need to go back to the prayer room back there and meet up with somebody. 
to talk about it, to pray about it. Or maybe today online or wherever you are, you need to text pray FW to 94,000. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know he does. And I know he wants us to draw near to him. So I'm going to pray. We'll start our, uh, our music. And hopefully, uh, if you have something that you need to deal with today, you could get that taken care of. And let God know you are excited about what you're going through because he's going to reveal himself to you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us, Lord, that you design what we see as troubles, but you see as a chance to grow, a chance to grow closer to you, a chance to grow in our faith. Lord, that you allow us to go through things so that others can come to us, that we could continue to express how amazing you are to, to everyone. I thank you, Lord, that you will crawl on that boat, that you are there, that you will always be there. We love you and thank you for everyone and everything that is here today and have been done today. And I just ask that you continue to have your Holy Spirit move over us in a great and wonderful and mighty way. We pray these things in your son's beautiful name, the name of Jesus. Amen.